Psalm 67. Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and, and make his face to shine upon us. Salah. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Salah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. The word of the Lord. Thank you, God. You may sit and be seated, church. Uh, well, good morning again. Um, so good for all you go over here, man. So you're the one using the pulpit this morning, not me. Um, uh, it, I, I'm, I'm so uh, thankful for a lot of reasons this morning to have uh, my friend John Bautista uh, come preach this morning. So uh, John's, John's been here before, maybe about a year or so ago. Uh, but for those who don't know John, um, John is uh, one of my dearest friends. Um, we go way back. Um, there are stories we could tell that just, I'm not going to tell you here. Um, no, but it, it's, uh, as I think about this man right here um, in my own just formation, knowing the scriptures, knowing of Jesus, uh, he played, uh, he has played and continues to play a pretty integral part in um, just my affections for the Lord and just understanding of his word. Um, and so man, I, I'm really thankful for, for John being here this morning. Um, John also uh, has a THM from Dallas Theological Seminary. He is working on a counseling uh, degree right now as well. And so uh, the man's educated. So I, 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 I don't know how much to say other than that, but, uh, but more than that, um, man, he loves, loves the Lord, loves Jesus, and just uh, man, we are glad that you are here this morning. I'm glad that you're here this morning. Thank you, brother. So, anyways, y'all give welcome John this morning. <laughs> Love you, man. Love you, man. Hey, guys, how's it going? It's good to see you guys. Um, man, were these lights as bright as last year? I don't know. That's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> well, I'm excited for today. It's always a pleasure just to have a chance to come and see friends and and people that I call family, and I got to see uh, little Mijo Judah. Uh, Judah is a joy. Um, I've been, uh, when I was on Instagram, whenever Chrissy would take a picture of Mijo Judah, I would just kind of like screenshot it <laughs> and then start saving them. There's a, there's a file in my phone that says the Fab Five and their Ninos. <laughs> and so I have Brian and Brad and Charlie's and and all the other friends that, that are having kids. So uh, what, what a grace, man. What a grace. Uh, and he smiled at me. He has two teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you guys to do something very different today. Uh, we're not super different, but um, if you have a Bible, like a physical Bible, I'm going to encourage you guys to use that today, okay? Um, I'm not judging anybody if you don't, if you have a phone or whatever, like do it. But uh, here's, here's why I'm going to invite you into this experience is because normally um, whenever we talk about having an experience with God, I guess my question for the people that, and I've done it, and I have the Bible app on my phone, um, is, is it, is it helping me experience God in the way that I desire? 
that I need him is, is, uh, is this phone with all access to apps and texts and people and who's playing and football season has started. And is this, is this phone right here, is this going to give me the best opportunity for me to experience God? So whatever that is for you, if that's, if that's like, yeah, it is. Okay, great, solid. Uh, and if it isn't, hey, just take a moment and be like, you know what? I'm just going to either pick up God's word or, you know, um, in the minority churches, we say, you know, turn to your neighbor and, and, and share. So um, whatever that looks like for you today, just know that you're invited to do that with me today, okay? Um, all right. It was about four or five years ago. Um, has anybody ever heard of Tim Keller? Okay. Tim Keller, um, he actually came on campus to the school that I go to. And I was so excited because I had read so many of his books. I mean, I have a man crush on this brother, right? Uh, like, I would go, you know, like years ago, uh, uh, don't tell a con, uh, I would go, like, to his uh, uh, Tim Keller NYC Instagram page and, and, and say, I love you, or I why, or I miss you, or things like that. And, I'm, and I know, like, my friends would tell me, John, you know he probably doesn't run that. I said, shh, maybe. Maybe not, right? So, so what if he does, you know, see this, what does this I-L-Y-S-M mean? Like, like, what if he, like, what if that starts a conversation with his interns or something like that? So about four years ago, he was on campus. He was on campus and he came in. And I was so excited because this brother, I've been looking up to this brother. I've been reading his thoughts the whole time, like for years, in fact, I bought his book randomly while in San Angelo. <laughs> uh, and it was amazing. The reason for God, I'll never forget it, it, changed my life. So he was there on the stage, and I was working for admissions. So I was in the back, uh, and I had a booth in the back. And whenever he got done with his, uh, with his sermon, he actually went back to go home, to, like to go back to the airport. And so after this sermon, I went back, and I was going to go to my booth. And then I realized, oh, my gosh, I'm about to pass by Tim freaking Keller, okay? Like, I didn't know this, but the brother is 6'4". That's like NBA tall. <laughs> and, and, and so, like, when I was passing by him, he was really tall, and he had about eight interns all around him. It was like an entourage. And I, I couldn't even get close, but... Whenever I was passing by him, I wanted to look into his eyes and introduce myself. And I, I went, I looked, and I said, hi. And he looked down, you know, he's 6'4". And he looked down, he was like, hi. And in my mind, I swear there was a, there was a little twinkle in his eye. Like, I, like, like, to this day, in my mind, in my diary, like, there is a twinkle in Timothy Keller's eyes. And I remember going back to the booth, and I was like, oh, I saw Tim. Tim saw me seeing Tim. Oh my gosh. So I'm telling everybody, I'm telling my coworkers, I'm taking pictures of myself. I don't even know why, but like I'm taking pictures like this is the day that I met Tim. It's still on my phone right here. Uh, and, 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 and after that day, like nothing could go wrong. I was so just in joy that I got to see the person that I admired face to face. And they looked at me and noticed me noticing them. 
And it was awesome. A moment that I'll never forget. And that whole day, nothing could put me off guard. Nothing, like no matter how rude people were or or how in a hurry people were, like it didn't matter. There was grace, there was joy, there was blessing, there was Tim Keller books everywhere. Like everything was just magical that day. And as interesting as that moment was for me, a few, maybe weeks later, maybe months later, like I was thinking about that moment and I was like, John, like, do you get that kind of joy whenever you see God's face? Do you have this joy that wells up and, and nothing can go wrong and nothing destroys and nothing robs you of, of, of the satisfaction that you saw the person that sees you face to face? And I'm curious for you guys. I'm curious because... We all long to see people that we care about face-to-face, right? Maybe it's your, your, your fiancé your, or, or your, I think I heard of a newborn baby almost about to come, right? Like you long to see their face or maybe it's a past loved one or maybe it's a grandmother or grandfather or dad or mom. You lost somebody and you just wish to feel what it felt like whenever you could see them and they see you. I understand. And I'm curious if, if we can just take a look at that moment of humanity and understand that we, we change whenever we encounter people and we change whenever we encounter God. There's no difference. Like God, God can be our best thing. And for some of us, he is. So what I want us to do today is I want us to look at Psalm 67, you and me, together. As we look at the scriptures, my goal for us today is to see God a little bit more clearly. And I want us to see what that could do for us as Redeemer St. Angelo. There's a lot of churches here, y'all. My gosh. Like when I came here for college... I remember I was, gosh, what's that main street? Is it Sherwood? Sherwood. It's like a Taco Bell. And then there's like three churches like right now. <laughs> and then on the other side, there's like another church. Yeah. But what, it, what would it look like for Redeemer San Angelo to experience God in this interaction? Like what would that look like for us? So we're going we're gonna to look at what God is seeking, whom he used in seeking, and then give one application. So, so one, what God is seeking, whom he seeks, and then give one application. Let's read this psalm together, but I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to emphasize it. So the emphasis is me. Feel free to just look at your Bibles or share with your neighbor or, or just listen. But Psalm 67, this reads, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known in all the earth, your saving power among all the nations. Let the peoples praise you. Oh God, let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy for you. Judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you. Let all the peoples praise you. Verse six, the earth has yielded its increase. God, our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. 
This is the God that we serve. This is his kingdom agenda. It goes beyond what you and I could ever imagine. It goes to places and people that normally we don't go to. It goes to the places that people have forgotten. Everyone, everywhere, in any place from all groups that gather, God is seeking. So let me say that again. Everyone, everywhere, in any place from all groups that gather, God seeks. He pursues people. He comes after people who are unable to get out of their own mess. It's interesting because this, these seven verses, God uses three distinct words for identifying people groups. And in Hebrew, what, what, what that's emphasizing is, is right around us, far from us, and furthest from us. And, and the writer does that intentionally to emphasize that God's kingdom agenda is not just supposed to stay here. What street do you guys live on, bro? Right here? No, uh, uh, this church? Luke 306? Luke 306. God's kingdom agenda goes beyond Luke 306. It does. And wherever you live, like whatever street you're on, God's agenda is, is for people to be sought after, not just in your neighborhood, but across the city. Across the city, across San Angelo. He chose to do that, this writer, so that the people of God could realize God's love, his care, compassion, his forgiveness, it all goes beyond what we can think of. And at the same time, and at the same time, um, uh, I have to be honest, for the longest time, I've had personal issues with my own story. Um, so I, my dad's from Mexico. Um, my mom's from Lubbock, Texas. Her side of the family is Spanish. His side of the family is Mexican and Spanish because of conquistadors, all that stuff. So I was raised in a Mexican household. First three years of my life spent in Mexico. Uh, then after that, my parents got a divorce. They were separated. Um, my mom had to find a church. We were living in El Paso at the time. And so my mom, she actually, she actually took us to a black church, and I was there for the next 15 years. So it was Selena, Monday through Friday, Beta, beta, bum, bum. All right? And then it was John P. Key or Kirk Franklin or, or Ty Tribbett on the weekends. It was a mix. It was Mississippi Mass Choir and Los Tigres del Norte. Like, do you, like, like does anybody feel me here? Anybody? Nobody. Come on, Luke 306. No, I'm just kidding. Okay? But, but, but then I come to San Angelo. And do you want to know what I did in San Angelo? I remember in Concho Hall. Okay? In Concho Hall, I remember going to the front desk lady. And I was like, yo, what's there to do? And she said two things. Well, John, there's a Sonic. And there's a movie theater. And I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me. And so I went to this Walmart to get some stuff. And, and everyone was two feet shorter than me. They had little white afros. And I'm like, where am I? Hi, little old lady. Hello, hello, hello. And I Googled it. And it turns out that San Angelo is a retirement community. How about that? How about that? It's here where God met me. On the grass in front of Concho. An infamous night for me. 
running away from my sin and everything that God was calling me towards. It's in that moment where he saved me in front of Concho Hall at night. And the people that had asked me to be a part of their small group because we love you. And I was like, you love me, bro? What are you talking about, man? They invited me to these Bible studies at the Baptist Student Ministry, and I remember going, and there began this journey of, of um, in some way, acculturation, but uh, in my mind, it was assimilation, and, and, and uh, it's where I met people like Charlie and Laura, and Brian and Kirsty and Brad and Sydney, and there were all these friendships that I was able to obtain. They're all white. <laughs> They were all white, Mexican household, black culture, white best friends. And like, you want to know the the kicker here? My mentors were Filipinos. <laughs> Talk about a mixed bag. Talk about a mixed bag. Like, who am I? Where am I? What's happening? What country are we in? See, the nations were coming after me, and I didn't even know it. And I had issues. I had prejudices. I had things about my own self that I had to navigate because the people that were loving me, I didn't necessarily want to love. And I'm not naive enough to think that maybe some of those prejudices you struggle with too. I'm not naive to think that we are struggling with these things. The first potential barrier that I want to just at least expose is that some of us struggle beyond seeing our own ethnicity. We tend to gather in groups that look like us. It's called homogeny, right? Or use the same language or are in the same age bracket uh, because we got to feel comfortable at church. The second barrier that I want to point out to us uh, is this classism or socioeconomic status. To make it plain, you don't talk to anybody who doesn't look like you, dress like you, shop at the same Walmart as you or H-E-B. Because H-E-B is king here, right? <laughs> That's right, amen, all right, all right? But, but like there's this, there's this thing about us, and I get it that we want to be with our people, with our people. But I'm curious, like, how do we know if we are playing into these barriers? Let me, let me uh, how do we know if, 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 if we don't desire to talk to someone specifically because of the way that they wear their clothes or, or if they have the newest shoes or if anything like that? What is stopping me from being a presence in their lives that communicates, hello, I see you? Or are we people that pass by one another at the grocery store? Ah, I don't want to get involved. Ah, I don't really know. They don't look like me. They don't look just like me. Oh, they don't know. They don't know Selena. This prayer, Psalm 67, keeps our eyes wide open for others. Everyone, everywhere, in any place, from all groups that gather. It helps us look beyond our own ethnicity, our own self-involvement. It helps us look beyond society's structured class and hierarchy. It helps us look like Jesus. See, Jesus is the one who kept his eyes open for us. And he saw beyond our sin, our guilt, our mess-ups, our differences, our inability to do the right thing, to think the right thoughts, to live the right way. He's the one that kept his eyes open for us. 
Because we were the people that were everywhere, in different places, in different groups that gathered. He came and sought us. I can imagine it would be extremely difficult to praise God, to motivate ourselves, to delight in his goodness when we don't have his eyes or his compassion for people that are different. Like, don't we realize that whenever we, whenever we think beyond ourselves, like, there's a joy that our faith gives us because we're participating in God's kingdom advancement. Would you be willing today to look past, past all the things, all the distractions, and see people for who they really are? Let's move forward. Look at verse 2 with me. Uh, Psalm 67, verse 2. That your way may be known on the earth, your saving power. What does God desire for these people everywhere, in any place, in all groups that God? What is God's desire for these people? Once again, verse 2, that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all the nations. Which way is that? The next line continues to clarify what kind of way the psalmist is referring to. Your saving power among all the nations. What does that mean? Now, before we think about saving power and we think about Jesus, normally, generally speaking, broad stroke, in the Old Testament, whenever we, they talked about saving power, God's saving power, they talked about one event in history for them and their people. And you guys know what it is. What is it? I mean, maybe, maybe not, okay? But, but it's, it's, when, it's when God sends Moses back into Egypt to go and free the people of God so that they can worship the God who saved them. Flip over to, uh, with me to Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13. Actually, 14. Exodus chapter 14. God sends Moses, Moses, uh, through God's power and spirit, enacts these plagues. The very last plague, Pharaoh's son is killed. Pharaoh's angry, disheartened, discouraged. Get out, go, go serve your God. So as they're leaving, uh, Pharaoh just kind of comes back to senses. Oh my gosh, I just gave away all my labor. So, hey, army, let's go get them. So now we are uh, by the Red Sea. Moses has nowhere to go. He sees the Egyptians coming and he doesn't know what to do. God says, hey, Moses, stretch out your hand with the staff. And he does so. And the waters part. They become like walls on the right and on the left. And the children of Israel begin to walk on dry ground. Egyptians, as their horses and chariots and horsemen ride up, they're wondering what's going on, but they pursue blinded by their desire and need to get them and enslave them again. And the, and the text says, and God saw from the pillar of cloud that the Egyptians were coming and he threw the waves back on them. And they were panicked and their chariots got stuck in the mud. And the Israelites crossed over and they saw a liquid graveyard bodies 
up on the shore. What a horrific sight. I want to start in verse, verse 29. But the people of Israel, chapter 14, verse 29, but the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, through the waters, being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power the Lord used against the Egyptians, so the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Chapter 15, verse 1 and 2. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously the horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Mine. He saved me. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God. I will exalt him. Fear, belief, and salvation. Psalm 67. Fear, belief, and knowing God salvation. Jump back to Psalm 67 with me. See, like right now you're like, see, John, an app would be nice, right? It would be nice. That's okay. God, God, God is patient with us. Look at verse seven and then we'll jump to two. Verse seven, God shall bless us, let all the ends of the earth fear him. Verse two, that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among the nations. If you're wondering why God wants us to keep our eyes open today, it's because he desires people to come into a living relationship with him, to fear him, to believe in him, to be saved by him. God is seeking a holy encounter, a divine collision, a sacred appointment so that so that people may know his ways, his salvation, that people may believe and trust in his goodness, that their lives could change forever of a life under God out of fear and reverence, a holy, righteous fear and reverence. Don't you see what God looks like? God desires us to meet him over and over and over again, and then we could help others meet people to him over and over and over again to experience him, to have many moments with him. Because when we take time to see him, he does in us what only he could do. Like he's it for us. But maybe, maybe we've become distracted. Maybe there's just too many noises in our lives right now. Maybe we are too busy, too caught up in life about ourselves, that we don't invest time in being with the church he loves on his mission together and with him. There was a couple I was walking with. uh, They've been married for about three years. The husband turned to me as I was with them, and he said, John, I don't know why it's so hard. He began to tear up. His eyes became red, tears just flowed. His wife looked at him, kind of surprised that he was crying. He said, I just, how did it get so hard? 
How did, how did this happen? And at one point, the couple turned to me and said, John, we realize that we haven't even been connected in years. And we've been so busy working on life goals that we've forgotten about the us. Are our lives too busy working towards financial goals or family goals or or house goals where we've distracted ourselves out of a relationship with God and with others that we've forgotten about the us we have with God? We could easily just make space in our schedules to be mindful of our time being with God. Maybe five to ten minutes. God doesn't need a whole day. I mean, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome for us. But he knows that we have kids and we have families and we're trying to be on mission. And and it's the God with us that we get to do everything with. Are we seeking these kinds of moments with God? Maybe today you're a person who has fallen off a little bit. Like you just don't care. Apathy is the story right now. You don't, you just, ah, I just don't have any joy. I haven't been joyous in a really long time. You're exhausted, no motivation. I can imagine. It can be really difficult to delight in slowed moments with God when distractions come at us so fast. God is inviting us and he's inviting the world to know him, to trust in his goodness, to believe in his character, to have a renewed sense of reverence for the king. Because we all know it's hard to pray and praise God when deep down inside we're living life for every other purpose except for his. Man, it gets empty. I don't know if you feel that way. Like whenever I just go out on my own and just start to do my own thing, I feel a little bit alone. And then that little bit becomes a lot of it. I think back, man, what am I missing? Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I've been focusing on myself too much. God, would you help me integrate my life and your desire for me? So how do we do this? How do we gather in a way that helps keep our eyes open, that delights in our own story of salvation so that people can know God's salvation, trust and believe in him and have a reverent fear and awe of God that inspires life change? How do we do that? Let me encourage you, one imperative, one command, one request, a call to action is to seek his presence. And when I ask for a seeking of presence, I ask for an undistracted moment, undivided attention with him and him alone. Why just you and him? He gave everything for you. And me. I don't I don't know. Everything. Uh, 67 verse 1 and 2. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among the nations. Seeking God's presence. A long time ago, I knew a man. 
had been seeing uh, a woman for about four years. And um, they've been getting into arguments, normal things sometimes couples go through, right? Disagreements, misunderstandings, misses. <laughs> and uh, I asked him, like, man, like, what? So I'm curious, man, like, if this is really going, going rough for you, like, like, what's your motivation to stay? Like, why do you stick around? I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just asking, like, out of curiosity. And it took him a while to answer. But finally, he looked up at me. I was across from him on a couch. He looked up at me and said, every time I've messed up, she's given me grace and continued being loyal to me. The way that she sticks by me even after I fail, it makes me want to be a better man. When I look at her, I know I've changed. When I look at her, I know that I've changed by being with her. I've never felt that way with anyone. It was whenever he looked at the woman that he was with that he realized her impact on his life. This man realized he's changed over the years because of her presence in his life. When we are in the presence of someone who loves us and we love, we have the opportunity to change and become people we have always wished we could be. And the writer of the psalm knew it. Let's read verse 1 again. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. The word, the word upon is really the word among. He's asking God to be among us. Be around us. Not like a light that comes on somebody, but a light that shines within. Within the people. This verse is saying, cause your face to shine among us. It's requesting God's face to shine among them so that the nations can know and be near. They can feel God's nearness through their presence. I love that. Like, what would it feel like for those that are in San Angelo but aren't part of Redeemer? Like, what if they said, man, every single time I'm around them, I feel like God is near and there's just a peace about them. There's just a joy that they have. That I just want to know what that is. What would it look like for a Redeemer to be known for a church that is seeking everyone, everywhere, in any place from all groups that gather? Even the north side. What if people at Redeemer took time to invite God to be with them in a way, in a way, without distractions, with undivided attention, that we inhabit God's face. And that people would see him when they see us. Like, what if we did that? I'm going to read to you. I won't turn there, but I'll, I'll read to you scripture in uh, 2 Corinthians. You can go there if you want, but uh, 2 Corinthians, I'm going to chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. It says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Okay? Verse 5. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. 
For God who said, you ready? Let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We can be the light that God desires because we have Jesus to show us the way. Jesus shows us the way. He is the face. He is the image of the invisible God, like Colossians 1 says. And now we get to have that same face shine on us as the church. This psalm is inviting God's presence among them, within them. And he's inviting the church to seek him in the same way. Redeemer, he's inviting you, every one of you, and all the people that are barbecuing somewhere else, okay? So you tell them whenever they come back, hey, you're invited. They're going to be like, what? What are you talking about? Just don't worry about it. Just come. I can understand that it would be hard to pray or to praise God or to delight in him or to take joy in him in this season if we haven't recognized our need for God to have mercy on us. This text says, uh, be gracious to us. And, and that word, be gracious to us, is actually a plea for mercy. So grace is unmerited favor. Mercy is not just, it's not just favor. It's a decision to be granted something that not only you did not work for, but you did the exact, the exact opposite. You should deserve something different. And the psalmist is asking, be gracious to us, O God. Be merciful, be kind to us, and shine. So he invites. The way to be a blessing to others is to be in God's presence. The way to show God's way to the world is to be in his presence. The way for the nations to praise him is to be in his presence. There's a, there's a pastor that I, I used to go and um, bless you. Um, go to his church, and, and um, I remember him talking about his wife, Lewis, would ask him to go to Walmart to go pick up something. So he went to go to Walmart, and we're in Dallas, so Dallas, a lot of people. There's like 8 million people, like in DFW. And so he goes to Walmart really early to avoid everybody, but whenever he goes there, all of Dallas had beat him to the punch. So now you guys have been at Walmart. Well, H-E-B, right? So everyone's running and crazy. I mean, it looks like uh, uh, Black Friday, you know what I'm saying? Where's that turkey? Where's that chicken? Give me that hot sauce. Uh, you know, there's, there's all these sales and coupons and doot, 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 right? So there's everything that's going on and he's there and he's wondering, what is going on? Why is everybody in this Walmart? And then he realized a store-wide discount. So people were going in because everything was on sale. Everything was on sale. And then he realized while he was in line to check out, that's what we do. We want God on discount. As long as it's not full price, we'll take it. But as soon as God comes at full price, we'll shop elsewhere. If you're a Christian today, God invites you to be on mission with him. 
to lay down your life for him. The way to live is to die, right? The way to him is to lay your life down, to, to foster uh, a life, to cultivate a life of giving up yourself for others. If that's the God that you chose to believe in, he's still inviting you today to know him, everything about him. And in doing so, an opportunity for you to imagine what would a world look like? What would San Angelo look like if we got 50 of these brothers and sisters and just started living like light? Coming together, small groups coming together, feeding the homeless, small groups coming together and, and, and going and doing chaplaincy ministry, like small groups coming together like Redeemer Small Groups and, and, and just, and just be, but, but, but you guys have to be on the same page. You guys have to be together. Asking God to be near invites exposure. It invites light and dark spaces. Our real stories and our struggles will be out in the open. Holiness and a call to pursue God, wise and pure things with our eyes, our ears, our lives. But ultimately it invites the peace we are so desperately looking for. So seek his presence. Take time. Brian, I don't know if, if you guys do this, but before communion, I'd like to just invite you, if, if the band can come up and to just, if, if you need prayer, like, if you've been struggling, if you've had a hard time, if, if, if you've had issues, like, if you need prayer, like, just, I mean, I'll be up here, Brian, if, if you want to come up here, man. Like, can we just pray for you? And invite you, like, like God wants to do this with you and with us. And that's never going to happen if we're not honest about the things that we struggle with. And there's grace for you guys. There's grace for me. Seek his presence. Take time. Maybe like one or two minutes. Um, and I'll be on the side. Brian will be on the side to pray. And, and, then, and then I'll leave us in, in, in communion. Dear God, thank you so much for being a God who, um, for being a God who saves, for being a God who wants us. God, when we're unwanted by everybody else. God, you took us in. God, thank you for being, for being holy, for being good, even when we don't understand. Even when we don't understand the things that you do or the things that you allow, God, when evil shakes the world, God, when our nation is going crazy over identity and, and whose body we're in, God, God I, just, I just ask that you just be with us. Would you be with the people that are confused? Would you be with the people that are struggling? Uh, God, we need you. I know we can't do this without you. God, would you infuse and ignite and be the force with your Holy Spirit of Redeemer, San Angelo, God? Would you encourage them to live with one another for your kingdom, for your banner, for your purpose? And ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.